This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Relationship Theory Live. We are coming to you uh, offset today, and I think because it's Labor Day, happy Labor Day, everybody. I think the odds of us getting through this without barking is essentially zero, so just everybody brace yourselves for that one. Uh, we've got family in the house. We've got Manucci's everywhere. Um, nice to see. Nice. Mm. There we go. All right, I'm down for that. Cool. Happy Labor Day. Happy Labor so Day, So I guess indeed. what you say... In America, you say happy Not Labor Day? really sure. Yes, I think I'd probably wish somebody happy Labor Day like three times in my life, but I was told that you can't wear white after Labor Day, so I actually had planned yeah. to wear white and then. That's a way more that East way. Coast thing, if I'm honest. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I hope but everyone at home is enjoying their Labor Day weekend. Yes. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, indeed. All right, so guys, we're taking questions, so please submit them um, as we go, and let's get this uh, party it. started. All right. So this question is from Miranda Ritter from last um, relationship theory that we did. Okay. My boyfriend and I are young, 21. He's always busy because he works so much. He will promise to spend time with me, forget we made plans and bail because he has something better to do or just show up late. Any advice on how to work through this or communicate better? We're both pretty independent people. And that comes from Miranda Ritter. Well, it's, uh, it's very interesting that she signed off by saying we're both very independent people, um, which is her trying to slide in sort of a value system about not wanting to put too many constraints, I would imagine. But here's the truth. You have to agree to things. You have to come up with what the rules of engagement are going to be. You have to say this is what we as a couple have agreed and expect. And if that is, hey, we make plans, you write it down, you set an alarm, like whatever that thing is then if you don't make it, like I shouldn't have to punish you or really even say anything other than, hey, by the way, you missed it. And your own code should trigger to say, right, and we totally agreed that that wouldn't happen. I am incredibly sorry. I didn't do the things that I said I was gonna do, set an alarm, whatever, to make mm. sure that I remember. And here's what I'm gonna do to make sure that this doesn't happen again next time. And that's something that I think people often don't do is they apologize, it feels somewhat trite, especially if you have a history of it, if you don't lay out what it is that you plan to do the next time to make sure that that doesn't happen. But like a really simple, and this goes back to my speech and debate days in high school, there's this thing called a social contract. 
So you have a social contract with somebody that says, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I think you spell that out. You say not only what, when we make plans, A, don't agree if you can't make it, if you haven't checked your calendar, whatever. B, once you do agree, like now the onus is totally on you. Um, C or three, I can't remember if I was doing one, twos, A's, B's, uh, whatever the third one in that sequence is. Um, you want to make sure that you guys have agreed on not the consequences because that makes it sound too dire, but like, what does it mean to not show up and do exactly what you said? So really laying everything out from how we're going, what it's going to be, our agreement um, in terms of what events that triggers, and then lastly, what happens when we don't meet it. So you and I have very clear rules of engagement for any of those things. So I'm very forgetful. I actually have a great degree of empathy for our man, but I've gone to very extreme lengths to make sure that I show up. And then this is one thing that's very important to note. You set me up for success, not failure. Why? So when we have, this is actually critical. I can't believe I almost didn't say this. Um, so I was gonna call it. Oh, then no, 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 <laughs> no. Give it to him. No, 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 no. Making sure that you set the other person up for success, that you give them the, the keys of the kingdom, as it were. So I've mm -hmm. told you, look, mm -hmm. I, it isn't that I don't love you. I just, for whatever reason, like, I have not yet developed the skill of holding those things in my memory. So I am very forgetful when it comes to that stuff. I get caught up in other things. I get very excited, whatever, or stressed. Who knows why I'm not really, like, able to just retain all the different things that I have going on. So... You'll remind me. In fact, literally, this. <laughs> I was going to wonder if you are going to say Right? So the fact that we are doing relationship theory right now, if the cameras had been like following us for the last 15 minutes, you would see my sister and I were hanging out, and Lisa sent me a text that said, 15-minute warning. And I was like, 15-minute warning to what? <laughs> Every Monday we do relationship theory. Yeah, but this is a slightly different Monday because of the holiday. Sure. So I'm not used to my sister being here and all that stuff. Yeah. So... Um, I had to remind you. You literally had to remind me. Yeah. And I, at first, had no idea what you were trying to remind me of. Uh, so anyway, it was a mad scramble. I had to shave, get dressed, brush my teeth, like everything. I was, a, I was not prepared yeah. at all. So, but if you hadn't reminded me and it had been a test, right. I would have failed that test. Mm -hmm. Then I would have resentment to you because it's like, if you did remember, why didn't you say something? Right. So you get into this really weird cycle. So agree on what the rules are and then really try to help each other out right because that's the question that's really the question i have here is like is he doing it because um like he's just oblivious to her feelings and is like oh whatever it's not a big deal like if i'm late and he's not realizing how much it's affecting her um or is it that he's so engrossed in what he's doing that he actually doesn't you know um really mean it and he doesn't mean to like be late or forget mm -hmm. and so how can they work together to get what she wants and then as a result also get what he wants um, and then also how he handles it like you had said at the beginning if he comes out and he's forgotten the day or he's forgotten plans and he's just like well, what's the big deal like who cares I was 20 minutes late then that makes her feel in, more insignificant it doesn't make her feel special so now she may be like I'm so supportive of his work He's working a lot. He's really busy. I'm always supportive, but when we have when we make plans, he seems like he doesn't give a shit. Um, that's not going to make her feel good either. So I think it's how he approaches it. If or you know whoever's late or whoever's you know um, leaving the other person stranded, how do you handle it? If you're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I had no intention 
um, of being late, of disappointing you. Please, I hope you know that I love you and this is how you help me communicate better. Remind me, set me alarms. But yeah, if he's just like, oh, whatever, like, it's not a big deal, I'm working, get over it. Mm. It's going to make her feel definitely insignificant. Yeah, you really touched on something super important, which is what do you do, like, what do, you do if he says, what's the big deal, like, I'm only 30 minutes late, right? Now you have a collision of values, and that's where things get weird. And so it's super critical as you guys agree on the rules of engagement that you actually agree. And it's better, way better to have the fight at that moment to say, I don't give a shit about being on time. And that's where, like, have that fundamental conversation. It's not an easy conversation to have, but this is like with keeping the house tidy, right? So this has been an ongoing struggle for you and I because I don't value it and you do. And so what do you do when you get into a collision of values? You have to have that conversation so that you can come to an agreement like, where it's really important to you and that I should be taking it um, as important to me in that moment because as of a uh, recognition of the importance of your happiness and all of that, the, the give and take, the compromise of the relationship, but that also at the same time, people don't get it in their heads that, well, I believe my way and thusly I act as if it were objectively true, right? It is not objectively true that a clean house is better than uh, an untidy house. Now, I know that there are people in the feed that like, in fact, we're getting um, hearts and <laughs> thumbs up on that one. But it's like, because some people will vehemently agree with you that like, it's intrinsically valuable. What are you talking about? And then other people will agree with me. And so it's like, that's where you have to have that real conversation about, okay, we now disagree at a value system level. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna convince me, right? We've been together almost 20 years and I'm still not convinced. So, and nor are you, by the way, because we both have an emotional response. It winds me up to no end when I set something down and then somebody moves it. Like, I, like your face says everything, I love it. Because and when this he is says some, something, he means a lot of things throughout the entire day, so he's literally accumulated all these like empty bottles and wrappers and... Yeah, but that's not, whatever, I don't care about the bottles and wrappers, so don't try to be cheeky. You know what I care about are like documents, papers, right, right. Th and, but it's still messy, right. and so it's gonna get moved, and then that drives right. me absolutely Because also if you, you work so hard and you're like, I'm not gonna spend, A, you don't wanna spend time having to look for something, and B, you don't wanna have to spend time um, moving things to tidy and so someone who's as ambitious as he is you know it's always how do you how do you maximize that three minutes here that two minutes there that one minute there and so for you it means just leave shit everywhere and so for me who likes a tidy house and we work from our house so it gets very difficult to keep it clean and keep it tidy and so that has been one of our battles where it may seem small to the outside but it's been for 20 years where I want a tidy house and you're like I don't want to waste my time so we've definitely tried to find our ways like, okay, so I'm not going to waste your time on most things, but these are the fundamental little things that actually show whether you value me and respect my wishes, even if you don't care. So um, I think that that's really important that we've had that talk. For example, maybe our TVs. So we have three TVs all lined up in a row when we play video games, but it blocks doors. So I always want one TV moved back once we're finished. But I always forget on Sunday, so come Monday when you're in work mode, 
there's no way I'm going to ask you to move your TV on a Monday. So I have to try and remember now that if I can um, ask you on a Sunday, because you don't mind doing it on the Sunday, and you don't feel like I'm interrupting your work mode, and I get what I want, so I try to remind you to move it back on the Sunday. Mm. It may seem ridiculous and small, but trust me, it's those little things that now I don't perceive it as you just, you're just being disrespectful to me. Because if you're just like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, who cares? Like, that's on you. That doesn't feel like we've got a relationship that we're actually working um, respectfully or being mm -hmm. respectful to each other. Even if it's ridiculous, it's important to me. Yeah. There's actually even more fascinating nuance. I don't want to derail the whole thing around that, but like, yeah, there's conflicting code elements when you go to move things, which I feel is my job. Uh, it gets really interesting. Um, okay, so please submit some questions. Um, we are answering live. We've got a couple more coming through. Nice. So, um, Gail Felicient um, said, based on you said your social mm -hmm. contract, mm -hmm. it's all right, don't worry. That's another thing. He values tech a lot more than I do. <laughs> I like, <drop> my <laughs> See, you don't he care. literally was like moving my laptop because it's falling. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> So sorry, Gail Felician said, if someone doesn't meet the social contract regularly, does he really want to be there? Because we're talking about social contracts. I think that's an important question to ask yourself. Yeah, I mean, here's the reality. Selection is, selection is like 80% of the battle. And if you've chosen somebody who isn't willing to come to the table to yeah negotiate to agree to engage with love by the way and compassion and wanting the other person to win and wanting to see them happy and finding out like what are those ways where it isn't diminishing my happiness too much like how do we find that balance if they don't come to the table prepared to do that you you are set up for a lifetime of misery like that is going to be so obnoxious that yeah you've really got to find somebody who's going to engage in a way that you think is meaningful right. and all that because is this it's problematic, by the way? Should I be no, interesting? No, I'm just trying with? to um, make it look a little prettier. But no, you're right. I mean, if Did you say if prettier, prettier, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what other. <laughs> I've never once in my life wanted to be pretty. But yeah. thank you, it's very sweet. Um, but you're right. <clears throat> Social contract. You both have to be into it. He's like now picking off, picking yeah, my it's funny. Um You know, you have to both be giving it because if you're like really working on a social contract and listening and paying attention to what the other person needs and the other person isn't at some point like I would have to either figure out how to make us both like focused and that we're both willing to do it or like you said selection matters maybe they're just not interested and then you have to assess how you feel it's about just, that it's selfish it's crazy selfish and I'm all about being selfish and selfish desires and all of that like there's a thing but when you get, there is sort of a rock bottom level where if you're not willing to address it at that point, if you're not willing to see what works for both of you to really, like if you don't come into a discussion like that, trying to say like, how do I help my partner also win and be happy and get what they want? Like that's, yeah, that, that does not a good relationship make. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> all right, we've got a question from Daniel Bro. Our boy, Dan Bro Fitness. Um, oh, is that? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Normally it comes up as Dan, bro. Um, what would you have done if either set of parents wanted you to get a prenup when you got married? Oh, wow. So, hey, welcome to my mind. I don't give a shit what other people want. Like, that wouldn't even phase mm. me. Um, my parents could form a picket line outside. Both parents could form a picket line outside. I wouldn't care. Now, there are circumstances in which, like, if something happened to Lisa, God forbid, in my next relationship, I would 100% have a prenup. 
So that, like, whether my parents wanted it or not is irrelevant. But had they wanted it when you and I got together, that would have been absurd to me. But, um, so, so yes. It would, basically, it does not matter what the outside world thinks. Right. It matters intrinsically when I look at the situation, what makes sense to me. Right. If what they want makes sense to me, I would do it. If what they want did not make sense to me, I wouldn't do it and I would not crumble to that pressure. Um, that's like an internal code thing. So, right. <clears throat> Yeah, I hear you, but I do think that at that stage, um, you know, you've had a whole lifetime of your parents kind of influencing you and... <clears throat> Go on. I was just going to say, make sure you're answering the question that he asked, which is, what would you do if external forces wanted you to do something? It almost mm. doesn't matter about the prenum. Mm. Like... No, I would never succumb to it. You're right. Um, <clears throat> but in regards to money, let's say you're coming to the table where one of you has more than the other. Um, so in, we've spoken about this before, but um, when we got married, um, I had some money saved up from things that my parents had helped me um, basically save up over the years. And you came into the relationship in debt, with college debt. So I had no college debt, I had some money saved up, and you were the opposite. Um, <clears throat> there was something weird to me about us getting married and getting together and then all my savings going off to pay for your college loan. Like, I, I don't know why that felt weird. So you didn't love me enough, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. I wasn't sure if it was going to last. Um, but we had actually spoken about that and we said, okay, like, coming into the relationship, to me, it had to be joint. Like, and we were quite young at the time. So um, for me, it was the money has to be joint. I'll, our, our um, love and our lives have to come together and you know basically bond as one so it was okay this money that I've saved up is going to go into something that we're building together so whether it's going to be you know a house we'll put like a down payment maybe this will help us get an apartment to rent so that you we can look for work you know something joint um, and then your um, student loan would then be paid off with an accumulation of the money that we're bringing to the table together during our marriage. So we had that money saved for a house um, and a down payment, but then your student loans were being paid off as a monthly that we put as a bill. Yeah, which is terrible financial advice, by the way. Really? So, you think that's bad? Yeah, from a, because you what? should, yes, and I agree, I'm just saying like, from a, what's logical to two early 20-somethings, Fine. Right, but and from I'm saying a from pure a mathematical financial advice standpoint, um, you should be looking at the cost of money, what's your interest rate, all of that. From a purely financial standpoint, it would make more sense to pay off the debt. And I'm not saying that's what you do. I'm just saying don't take that as financial advice, which may actually right, be but, great relationship right, advice and, and terrible financial advice. And that's look at the end of the day. I'm just going to give the advice that I felt sure. at least what worked for me and worked for you. Because if we'd come into the relationship, even at that age, so bear in mind we were young. Um, I was 21 when we met. So, but if we'd come into the relationship and you were like, oh hey, all these savings that you've had. Um, over the years, once we get married, I really want to pay off this big debt that I have, it would have made me feel weird. And so it was kind of like, well, I think that we have to bond, we have to come together as a couple, but all these savings that my family has kind of helped me with, I think it should go to something that is joint, like a home, and then we'll put it together. doesn't mean that if I was to earn money, you were to earn money, we weren't going to pay off your debt together, because I think that's important. It became a bill for both of us. But it became a bill, not just a let's pay this off and then. Uh, now. Also, we wouldn't have been able to pay it off, but right. yeah, we would have been able to. But I think that it's it. those little like mental things that I like. I 
I don't know what other word to use, but it would have made me feel weird using my savings to pay off your student loan. Mm. Um, but I think it's important to recognize that it would have made me a little uncomfortable. I'm not quite sure why, though. Why it's important to recognize no, that or why, why it made you feel yeah, weird? Yeah, why it made me feel weird. You're marrying me for my money. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys. If you've got any more questions, please submit them, and we'll move on to the next one. Um, so, um, che Cheyenne Torres. Um, what if you Cheyenne. Cheyenne Cheyenne Torres? Sorry, thank you. Um, what if you're trying to start a long-distance relationship? I know communication is key, but the person I'm trying to pursue is poor is a poor communicator and knows that about themselves. Yeah, uh, that sounds like a recipe for disaster. So all you have in a long-distance relationship is communication. If they're a poor communicator, if they're a poor communicator, they know it. Like, oh god, the. The big problem with communication is, quite frankly, a willingness to express. Now, I guess if they don't understand themselves what's going on, but that's even more dangerous. Um, if somebody understands, they may not be an eloquent communicator, and I fully respect that, not everybody's gonna be an eloquent communicator, but if you're able to look inside and go, these are my feelings and I'm going to express them, then like that that's critical and they've got to be willing to commit to that if you're at all even going to consider a long-distance relationship they're gonna to have to commit to externalizing their internal world otherwise this isn't gonna work it will be yeah it will be a disaster of epic proportions because you're just gonna be guessing all the time what they're thinking feeling mm. going through and it is hard emotionally to be on your own where you may really feel a need for a connection a need just to hear what's going on a need to feel supported in what's happening for you and when they're not there and you don't have that like physical thing where you can look at them and just get a vibe right there and whether it's we smell pheromones i have no idea but you pick up so much more when you share proximity with somebody than you do when you're physically apart so all you have is what they're able to externalize about their internal emotional state to be there for you verbally uh, so yeah if they're not committed to really working hard to externalize that world it it will leave you guessing as to what they're going through mm. and 99 times out of 100 your guess will be painted with something bad you're just going to assume the worst so yeah i would say especially if you're at the beginning of a relationship mm. that that's just a super um dangerous isn't the right word but it yeah i i wouldn't do it personally yeah and i think it's if he's a bad communicator um how do you recognize certain things that he does that you can then help him come out of that? So like, if it's, because it's long distance, is it when you speak to him on the phone, do you hear a tone um, where he just like, you can tell when he's frustrated, but he's not communicating. Like speak to him and say, what do you need from me in these moments, right? If you're finding it hard to communicate, how can I be a part of that? How can I help? How can we do this together? So if it's like, oh, he sounds frustrated on the phone, does he want me to keep asking or does he want me to say, look, I can tell that right now you, you seem frustrated, know that I care about you, do you want me to call you in 30 minutes so we can talk about it later? Like, how does he want to communi communicate with you um, or how can you help him communicate? I think that's, and look, of course he has to want to and he has that, to. And that is my only point. If he's willing to work on right. it, yay. If he's not willing to work on it, you have a nightmare scenario. Because let me tell you, when you start going, hey, you seem frustrated, that's gonna piss him off 10X. 
and now you're backing him into an emotional corner and it spirals the fuck out of control rapidly. Like, hey, you really want to get in an argument with your significant other? Go up and say, everything okay? Like, you seem upset, are you upset? Like, that just like winds people up. It is so universal. Like, yeah, for sure. And I can like see your wheels Wait, processing. I, I, like, I the reason is, is because it's one of those, um, you don't necessarily ask it in that way. So like, wow, you seem really mad. Everything all right? So it's like the, almost the accusatory thing at the fact the. Yeah, but even you and I, who I will say we're high level communicators with lots yeah. of rules and all that. Like, how many times have we wound the other person up by going, you all right? Like, the first one, okay, fair enough. Yeah. But it's when you, like... I seem you, like, you're in a yeah. really bad mood. It's 100%. like, there's nothing that's going to put someone in a worse bad mood. Bad mood faster. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And now, exacerbate that by being on Skype. I mean, it's just, it's going to yeah, spiral. Yeah, yeah, that's spiral. true. Well, we didn't have Skype when we first met. We did so. not. We had email. But we also, here's the thing that I really want people to know about our long-distance relationship is we worked pretty tirelessly to close the distance. You were coming here, I was going there. Like, we never spent too much time apart. Yeah. And when people are like, I'm settling in for a long distance relationship, that's where I get super nervous. Yeah. I don't know why people would do that, to be fair. Like, from the moment we realized that we were in love, like, every neuron that I had was like, how do we stop being apart. It wasn't like, okay, well, it's going to be like this for the foreseeable future. It was, how do we stop this? Yeah, and I think some people, though, prefer it. Some people like that yeah. distance relationship. And I, I somewhat get it. I would never personally do it. But it's the adrenaline rush, right, where you haven't seen someone. You remember when we would have to travel to see it. It's the excitement. So it kind of brings Are you that trying to drag me into this madness? <laughs> because uh, in no universe... Would I thrive in that? I know, but no way. I know. And do you remember me saying like I've had to make a conscious decision yeah. not to turn you off because right, when you're being apart is so painful yeah. that either I have, and I remember making this decision. Either I obsess over you, which will make sure that I find this way and that love and all of that is like mm -hmm. red hot in my soul, and never look away from it, not for a minute, knowing that the only thing that would make me feel better is either you being here or me looking away yeah. and not obsessing over it and not thinking about it. And I remember thinking, if I do that, it will immediately relieve this pain that I'm in with you not being around, but you will grow distant. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll just forget about you. I mean, that is, that is the truth of the human condition. And so, dude, like, that is not a world I want to be drugged into where it's like the highs and the Nope. Like that, that to me, and I actually agree with you. There are people for whom they love that. It's low maintenance. They can come in and out when they want. I just don't think it's, it's a lasting recipe for a thriving relationship. Mm. There, I said it. No, like, I agree. I don't have judgment. If you want to do that, it's not going to thrive. But if what you want to be in is, is a dysfunctional, non-thriving, no judgment, no judgment <laughs> relationship, then go for it. But yeah, that, that's just functional. Like, I literally don't care. It doesn't impact my life. Yeah. So I don't think you're a bad person for wanting it. I just think that from a relationship perspective, I way too deeply understand the neurochemistry yeah. to be like, oh, it's fine. It, it will cause distress. Long time I hear what you're saying. We would never do it. Apparently, I would never do it. I don't know. You, like, it's the jury's well, out. Um, all right, so this is from Edda Santos. I think relationships boil down to two people looking out for each other. 
growing together, respecting each other's space and interests, and most important, keeping it sexy. Do not forget that part. Don't let passion just die due to stopping being romantic. So not, not a question, no, no comment. Yeah, exactly. Respect. <clears throat> and I actually totally agree. Keep it sexy. Yeah. What about that? Um, so interesting, Dominique Laundry says, people who seek a long distance relationship mm. don't really want to be in a relationship. Do you believe that? No, I mean, look, to they don't want to be certainly in what I was describing as a relationship, the thriving, the connection, all of that, being somebody's number one. Um, but they may want to be in that kind of relationship, right? Like you were saying, there are some people for whom that would be great, like you dip in, dip out. Um, and I don't think that being in a relationship, there's, there's, it is not a morally superior stance, right? right? So people that want to be single, like, fully respect that go be single not a problem in any way shape or form so I'm sure that it is the right answer for a lot of people it just isn't a an emotionally thriving relationship right. I've never seen one ever in all my years of traveling this planet when it comes to platforms that will help you run a business, there is no shortage of options on the market. But if you want to use the best, most advanced, and most efficient platform out there, you need to be using Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. With award-winning customer service, the internet's highest converting checkout page, and a suite of integrated AI tools, Tools, Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy to start, run, and grow a business. Shopify powers more than 10% of all U.S. e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly use Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash impact right now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com.
If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride. Because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with ebay motors brake kits led headlights exhaust kits turbochargers bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply um, all right, this is from, I want to say like, just keep riffing by me. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, we can, what was, I was, there was something earlier that I was really tempted to go down the rabbit hole having to do with, oh, the collision of values. So when we were talking earlier about coming up with rules of engagement um, for your relationship about like if so, the, the original question was somebody's constantly late, they forget about um, things that you've scheduled together as a couple. And I'm saying have that discussion about where you have a collision of values. Now, Lisa gave the example of we, when we play video games with my sister, we line up three TVs. Now, it, and because the room isn't big enough, like it ends up blocking the doors on either side a little bit. And to me, not fussing is like a super high value. It is such a waste of time to like move TVs in place and out of place purely for aesthetic reasons, but it's important to my wife. Now, if we forget about it on a Sunday and then it comes to money, I'm in work mode. So now it's like that, that is a crime against humanity to move away from what you're trying to build, your goals, your ambition and all of that for something that's purely aesthetic. Like that is so anathema to who I am as a person. Like I can't get involved in that. And you would happily just go move the TV, right? But the TV's heavy. And so now I have this code where if it's something like that, moving heavy stuff, um, hard label, labor, something that's difficult, like that is my responsibility. Mm. So now it's like, I want you to just leave it alone. That's my value, right? Like there's no reason. We don't even go in that room on the week, um, during the week. So there's no reason to go fuss with the TV, but it weighs on your mind. And so you'll go move the TV, which triggers my value system. I can't let you do that because you might get hurt or whatever. So now I have to go move the TV. It is this fascinating, like, swirl of death. And when I'm moving the TV <clears throat> on the Monday, I'm a little annoyed. That it didn't get done on a Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I'm annoyed purpose. that you're doing it. So it's it's... The small things, but like they really do weigh on you. So I will move the TV on the Monday, but I'll be. No, you won't, because unless you do it silently when I'm not around. I will go to do. And the funny thing is, though, I know that moving it will annoy you. So I sometimes leave it because I'm like, he's going to get annoyed if I move it. But now I'm frustrated because (laughs) it's just sitting there. So I'm like, do I keep getting frustrated and leave the TV there? Do I bug you and ask you to do it, knowing that you're going to hate moving it during the week? Do I move it myself and get secretly super frustrated and be like, you know, in spiraling out of control? In my mind, like I can't believe it, I'm having to do this. Yeah. And so it's figuring it out. It's saying, okay, he's happily moving on. And this may be silly, but it's these little things. Okay, he'll do on Sunday with no problem if I remind him. 
So now I just have to own, I have to remind you to do it because then Monday it doesn't come and the TV's not blocking it. So to prevent all of these silly little things that mm. weigh on you and me going back and forth, okay, I'll just own, I have to set an alarm, I have to remind you to do it and you won't complain and you'll do it happy and... So, but if I forget, yeah. and then on Monday, <laughs> if I forget on Monday, it's yeah. like, it's my fault, which is why I'll then go and move it, but I'm still secretly annoyed. Yeah, so those are all the like hyper-specifics, but what I want people to understand is there, you're going to have collisions of value systems. So her arguments are not compelling to me and my arguments are not compelling to her. So now we both have this fundamental belief about how something should be treated and you have to talk through them. Like we've talked about this ad nauseum so that we understand where those conflicts of values are. We understand that trying to persuade relentlessly people in the mistaken belief that your way is the right way. And this is, I see yeah. couples collide on this all mm -hmm. the time. Like I get it, like my, and it was so sweet by the way earlier, it, it would be hilarious for you to watch this back. You were actually coming to my defense about like why I'm liking you, like he's so ambitious. And I thought that's so sweet, but I don't, like I would love it if you actually internalized that and believed it and all of that would be amazing because there would just be no friction on that point. But I don't even think that my way of, is objectively correct, right? It is true to me based on my value system and all of that, but it is not objectively true. And so when people can understand like, and not get aggressive and assholey with your own stance, right. right? Like don't fool yourself into thinking that your way actually is like, there's some empirical truth to be identified and bestowed upon your significant other who's just too dumb to see it, right? And you see people get stuck in that rut where it's like, this fool just can't see that my way is the right way. At least you and I, like, I could very easily, and oh, this is fascinating. And I don't know if we have more questions, I'll just keep riffing, but. We do, but keep going. So one thing that's, oh God, oh, if I lose this, I'm gonna be very annoyed with myself. Oh, objectively correct. Your thoughts later. about being your way. Yeah, it's something around there. It, and it's important too. It will come up at some point okay. in this. But that is so <sighs> true. So and so when stuff. we first met, I had, I've got this whole history of the way I've been brought up that, you know, things should be a certain way. I had to tidy my um, bedroom every day. I had to make my bed every mm. single morning. And if it's not like I'd, I'd get punished, but it was just rules of the house. And so I would learn you always make your bed, you always hide your room. So when I met you and you were so messy, I absolutely came to the table like my way was more superior. Like, how can you live like this? And it would be like that, right? With the attitude of like, of course you have to clean. What do you mean? Like, that's ridiculous. But we didn't realize about, you know, what you had just said of like making sure that. You don't come to the table thinking, well, of course your way is right and the other person has to adhere to it. Like, mm -hmm. that isn't the way. And when I realized, wow, that wasn't the way you had been brought up, that wasn't the way that you had worked, and it doesn't make you lazy. I mean, you're like one of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life. So it wasn't that. Um, it's just that you don't value it like I do. So then we had to really break down what are the values that it has. So like now, we don't make our bed. Right, so it's like, okay, that's not gonna be done. But hey, babe, I would like you to pick up your socks. So um, what is my value system? Where can I give and where can I take? The same with you, where can you give and where can you take? And then how do you come to that compromise? But if you're just trying to make the other person feel guilty or ashamed that they do it, like, right? Because that's how I came to the table. Well, like, oh God, you, you're like a slob if you don't make your bed. Of course you should make your bed. So I absolutely pass judgment on you for not making your bed. But it's like, 
how much like if I really care I'll make it myself and now I just don't bother yeah rightly so and contempt becomes the the issue in here if if people don't recognize that there is no absolute right absolute wrong you mm -hmm. begin to build contempt right if you can at least say like I feel really strongly about this and this aligns with my value system to do it this way but I get it like it's a value system that I have created that wasn't you know bestowed upon the universe mm. so and I think that's where people really get themselves in trouble is because they feel it and it feels so real and right to them we have no babysitters today yeah. oh, oh and now, now he's in on it come here come here you oh. you're the good one you're oh, the well-behaved one come here quiet um I completely lost where we were all right did you've got the monster did you you were about to ask another question oh, I think okay. we'd finished that thought all right. um so this is from Anna Dine. Hello, thank you very much for your show. Thank you. I'd like to ask you, do you always tell your partner when you are going out and with who? Because it happens, it happens once that my partner just told me I'm going to hang out to drink with some friends. And then later I saw on Facebook the people with who he was with at the party. Why doesn't he just tell me who he's hanging out with? <laughs> okay, so first of all, yes, it's crazy town to me that somebody would feel that they had to be reserved, that they couldn't just say who it was, but it's also possible there's a lot lurking in that, like, what, oh God, we'd, to give really usable um, insights here, we'd really have to understand the relationship, yeah. but there is no universe, unless I was planning a surprise for you, in which you wouldn't know who I was going to be with, right? So, I wouldn't even cross my mind not to tell you. So that's where it gets weird is it makes me ask the question, what circumstance would need to be real for me to not want to tell you? Now I can think of some. If you got really obsessive about something and were really weird about certain people that I hang out with now, I believe everything is my fault. So I'd be asking myself, what have I done to create either um, insecurity or jealousy or whatever around a given person or set of people or whatever um, to try to identify like what's happening there but that that is not a healthy sign how about that that's the best I can give you without knowing more detail mm -hmm. it's not a healthy sign so yeah like we're a like we aggressively disclose things well the question also though to be honest is <clears throat> does is there something going on that she doesn't trust him <clears throat> because if you said to me hey I'm gonna go hang out with Nick right and then all of a no, sudden, no, forget I, Nick. I'm going to go hang out with my ex-girlfriend. Make it hard. No, I'm. I am going to make it hard. You, okay. you tell me you're going to go hang out with Nick. Then yep. I see on Facebook, on your Instagram stories, you, you're with your ex-girlfriend. Well, is Nick there as well? See, that's what I don't. Yeah, I mean, because if it's like a straight switcheroo, right? Then but look, okay, but imagine it is a straight switcheroo. Nick's not there. Yeah. And you all of a sudden are at a party. Yep. I wouldn't think twice. I'd be like, oh, something must have happened. Right, but Nick you'd ask, didn't... right? So as soon as I come right, home. Right. So that's the question. Like, but she found out on social media. So he did he then lie afterwards? I think is important. Did he come home and go, oh, I was out here, and then is lying, or when he came home, he was like, oh my god, yes, I ended up at a party. Like, does she think he's lying initially, even when he's going out, and he really had all intentions to go to the party? Like, where is it a true lie, or is it? Is it a true lie? What I mean is, if you had said to me, "I'm going with Nick," right, and then I see on social so media, so it becomes unintentional. Right, I wouldn't think, "Oh my God, you lied to me." I wouldn't think that. I'd be right. like, "Oh, something happened." Nick probably can. 
didn't turn up and then you bumped into so-and-so. Like, I wouldn't even think twice that you were trying to lie or trying to hide something. Yeah. Now, the question is, did he lie when he came back? And does she feel like he's hiding something? Because then the real question is, why does she feel that in the first place? It's the, it, not really the tea thing, but it's don't take just this one issue isolated. If you feel like, well, hang on a minute, he's lying, are you being oversensitive? Are you being paranoid? Or is there actually something to it? Find out, did he, I guess, speak to him about it? Did he initially lie? How did that situation come about? Because if I was in his shoes, and I know my relationship with you, and I know my situation, and I had told you I was going somewhere, and then all of a sudden something completely different changed, I wouldn't even think for a second to call you up and be like, babe, hey, I'm just letting you know this has changed. No, I'd be like, oh, I'll tell you the story when I get home. Right. You'd be like, Lisa, how the hell did you do? I saw you on Facebook at this party. I thought you were going to hang out with your sister. Mm. I'd be like, oh my God, you never guess what happened. So I think it's, why are you feeling like that in the first place? And then how do they handle it when they get back? And is there suspicion? Like, why are you suspicious? Yeah, 100%. I just, I'm so with you. It feels like we're at the tip of a, a very big iceberg mm. like there are things going on right. that we would need a lot more detail but there is a relationship out there where you just wouldn't think twice like if you went out said you were going out with your sister or whatever and then I see on social media that you're like at a party and like every ex-boyfriend you've ever had were all there then I would and then you die in a car accident on the way home Jeez. right right but like rock <laughs> with me for a second and so I never get to ask you. Escalated. I wouldn't think about it. Right. Uh, I'd be that's like, interesting. I, it wouldn't be the beginning of like me going in and like hiring a private detective to find out. Like, but movies start that way, right? Where it's like that one little change in the story unravels this whole thing, and the person had like this second life, and right. I maybe that's true, but like I would never know because you don't make me feel like that. Yeah. To your point, so I have so much trust over years that has been earned and right. so much communication and so much openness in the relationship and always telling each other the truth even when it like sucks and I know if I just lied like about this one little thing I could just avoid an argument right but like we don't do that and so we've had a thousand conversations of varying degrees of intensity where it's like oh with a very small white lie this goes away mm -hmm. and not doing it mm -hmm. right and so, uh, and because of that, always choosing the hard thing, the hard thing, the hard thing, you've told the story a thousand times about the top where you were like, do I look good in this? And I was like, it's okay. And like in that moment, I could have just been like, oh my God, it's amazing. Right. But then when I really compliment you forever, you're going to wonder because I'm just always saying nice things, yeah. right? And you never, you, over time, you will not get the sense that you're getting the truth from me. So now my real compliments will blend in with my fake compliments and you'll never know which is which. So always doing the hard thing in a relationship pays off, right? Because I, I do not show everyone in my life that courtesy. Mm. It's too much of a fucking headache. But with you, 100%. But you have to know that I'm going to reciprocate your honesty. Because if every time you're honest, I flew off the handle. Yes. Uh, so that's slightly different than reciprocating my honesty, which is also important, but that you're going to process through it, you're going to work through it, you're not going to punish me for being honest, right. specifically right. in right. the example that's of the I mean. shirt, exactly. right? So in that, the hard part wasn't that you were annoyed with me for being honest, the hard part was that it upset you. Because now we're out and about, you can't do anything to change the shirt. If you know we had had that conversation before we left, like maybe it still would have stung but you could address it so basically right? for people who haven't heard the story just to give a quick recap i wore a shirt we went on a date night i asked him what he thought and he went eh. so 
that was the honesty part of yeah and I yeah what didn't do it quite like that but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> too soon too soon <laughs> all right um, but that's okay. our um, yeah we've got some good questions um so this one's from Dolly Kororoa. Enjoy enjoying this. Thank you for taking the time to answer our question. How do you balance a relationship where one is passionate and one is more emotions and thinks with their heart, while the other is more about logic and theory? There is love and respect, but I, it can get frustrating. Well, I'm curious which one, Dolly, you are. That's not going to change your answer, no. though, right? No, I guess not. Go for it. Uh, so this this is where I'll say that there are certain things in your relationship where it is wildly advantageous to have opposites and there are things in your life where you want to be very very close so you and I if relationships were politics you and I are both moderates so we're both towards the center of what we'll call very masculine and very feminine energy or since I hate the word energy um, stereotypical traits Right, so I'm very in touch with my feminine side, like emotions don't scare me, I'm very able to process them, I have strong emotions, um, and you're also very able to process through things logically. Now, that, those are just stereotypes, right? There's, I'm sure, millions and millions and millions of men and women that are equally like that, right? That would bust all stereotypes, but just to make it easy to communicate, because I can feel the hate mail coming already, like that we're both much closer to the middle. Now that has served us very, very well. But the truth is that there are certain things that I see one way and process like in a very cut and dry way. And there are things that you are um, much more uh, emotive about. Mm -hmm. It hits you like emotionally, you get caught up in the emotion of something. So we, we have enough distance where we can be beneficial to each other. So. Taken a business context, I think I've really helped you like be strategic about something like what is the what's the ultimate goal here? So rather than listening to the emotion or giving into it or or engaging in that discussion in an emotional fashion, and so rather than you being annoyed or frustrated by that, like you've latched onto that and said, I want that. I want you to do that. So it comes down to in the relationship, when does it serve you to be one way? When does it serve you to be the other? And making sure that you have some of push pull is what I want to say, right? Where you guys are leveraging each other's skills at the appropriate time. Push pull may seem somewhat adversarial. So coming up with ahead of time how you want to engage in something. If you want, like if there are certain things that need to be processed through in an emotional fashion, which by the way, those are very real. And if you're not doing those, there's gonna be long-term consequences that the person feeling bottled up and like they're not a, 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 ever able to really say what's on their mind. And that goes for the hyper-rational person as well, whomever it is in the relationship. So yeah, I think that that, that becomes it can be good, but if you guys aren't moderate and you're at hyper ends of the spectrum, it also can be very, very frustrating. Yes. Um, I think it's important, though, to kind of go back to what you were saying in a previous question is respecting each other, right? Because one person processes things in a logical manner doesn't mean that that's better or worse than a person that processes in a you know, passionate manner. Um, I just think it, it matters when, if those ways are getting in the way of the results. Right. I'm going to call bullshit. Why? Because if you've got somebody that flies off the handle, it's passion is a nice word, but if they like 
are a loose fucking cannon right. and everything you say is received emotionally or vice versa like you're trying to tell somebody how something makes you feel which is very real and the other person pushes back and goes but that doesn't make any sense it it will be an absolute nightmare but i think it's important sure I agree, but I think it's important that if somebody um, flies off the handle, you can't just go, well, hey, your way's wrong, right? It's like, okay, you feel passionate about it, I respect that, but here's how it, I perceive it when you fly off the handle. So I'm not saying for you not to be passionate, I'm not saying for you not to believe in it, but this is what how it makes me feel when you do, um, you're so over the top. And so how do we come to a happy medium? Maybe they're um, external, like they have to process externally right okay so when you process externally and you fly off the handle it makes me feel like this but i don't want you to have to shut down because that may be what the other person's hearing like, oh you don't want me to have passion you don't want me to feel anything it's like no that's not what i'm saying <clears throat> but what we should do is this when you get passionate about something you act this way and it makes me feel like this so instead why don't you when you're in that passionate moment let's take time apart because sometimes you say things that upset me so let's take time apart let's maybe take a few hours let's come together I really want to hear how you feel I really do want to understand how you feel I just can't hear you when you're at this level so okay what do we do let's separate this right because that's how we are sometimes sometimes for me I get very emotional and I, I can't I recognize I can't process my thoughts clearly in that moment so it doesn't mean that um, I'm not passionate and that if you told me stop thinking like that that made me feel like I have to be closed it's like I do want to express how I feel I just can't talk about it right now so give me an hour let's come back I'll tell you exactly how I feel I'll be able to be much more articulate about how I feel um, and now you may come into it with like you do especially if it's business if I'm feeling passionate about something you come in with logic and you'd be like but what are the steps you need to take to get what you want and so you'll be the logic person I just know I can't hear you in that second so if one person's pa very passionate and the other person's very logical, what are the things you can put in place where you can actually hear each other? So I don't think it's about pushing one side down or the other. It's just about f figuring out the tactics and how you can hear each other in that moment. Respect. So um. for me, it is, babe, I need time apart. Because you'll be like, let's fix this. Let's figure it out now. Like, let's solve the issue. And I'm like, I can't. My emotions are way too heightened right now. So I can't hear you. And so I'll recognize that about myself as well, right? That when I'm at this heightened passion, emotion, whatever you say, I am not going to hear. I'm going to push back on everything you say. I'm not going to be able to better myself. So let's spend time apart. Let me calm down. We'll get back together. And then I can hear the logic and the advice you give me. And I'm very welcoming to that in that moment. But I'm not initially. Love it. There are tactics that will bridge the gap. Mm -hmm. I respect that. That's quite a long answer. Sorry That's great, that. though. Um... So technically, we have about oh, 14 yeah, seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to answer one more? Or? Sure. We can give it like a fast one. All right, let's see. Um, so this is from Eric Scott Williams. Is it possible to be with someone who doesn't believe in forgiveness? Jesus. I know. Um, and then in brackets, he put belief. You can never truly let something go. There will always be a little resentment forever. No, you cannot be. <laughs> All right, everybody, <laughs> have a very... <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing, I'm serious, there's no discussion. I mean, you can elaborate on it, but that is absolute madness. It's a sign of mental illness. Do not engage. Turn and run in the opposite direction. 100%. You want to talk about... Here is the only thing that destroys relationships. Not letting go of shit. Like, 100%. So the first metaphor that made sense to me 
when I was thinking about like what happens in relationships is dust settling. Mm. So it's never anything big. There's, it's not like a dust bomb goes off in your house, but if you leave things be for a year, there's gonna be thick dust on everything. So you have to clean things off. Like it, it has to go through that process. And if people don't ever do, and the wiping down is the forgiveness of, of actually letting go. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly, and I'm not kidding, and I don't say this derisively, that's mental dysfunction. So the inability to let something go is an obsessive thought pattern. Legitimately go seek help. Like you need to get out of that. That is that will destroy their own life. Forget about having a relationship. Mm. If you obsessively like grab onto something and don't let it go, and I will dollars to donuts, there's a name for that, which I actually don't know, but one hundred percent that is mental dysfunction, I would not engage with somebody that was in that place. Maybe try to help them get through it, but like, I'm just not, I, I would not get into a relationship with somebody that was in that position. If you woke up tomorrow and you had it, yes, sure, like we would process it right. together, I'm not just gonna ditch you, but like, if all things being equal and I'm not already in a relationship, absolutely no fucking way. Yeah, when I was younger, it, I never thought of it like that. It's like, yeah, you forgive and you don't really, you kind of hold on to it and you have it in the back of your mind, right? And then. You, um, that person does it again or that person does it again it starts building up again and then you blurst it out and, yeah it's like last time it's like, I thought we settled the thought like I thought that was right. like a solved issue um, it never solves anything like you have to actually let it go and so me and you when we um, either apologize for something or if I've done something to upset you or if you've done something to upset me um, once it's settled it's like you don't ever bring this up again Like, if it really has been resolved in your mind and in his, the second you bring it up again, the second it's like, oh my God, like now it's, how long has that been bugging her for? And then you think about all the things that they've been thinking about over, you know, the last week or month where it's like actually wound you up and you didn't know about it. And that's terrible. If it is on your mind though, I will say, reconnect and say, I need your help letting this go, right? So, and if that were true for one of us, It isn't reopening it so I can beat you up because that violates the code, Mm. right? It's, hey, I'm as surprised as anybody here. I'm, I'm, I'm having a really hard time letting this go. And so there may be something that I don't like have conscious awareness of yet that's making, like that I haven't said that I need to say in order to get past this. So if we can just talk about it, but we would approach it. Literally, I was doing an impression of myself of exactly how I would do it, where you can feel like Mm. me trying to back, oh God, like I'm not trying to drag you down or like make you feel bad. Just, I don't know why this is on my mind, but it's really still on my mind. And I know if I, if I brought it up like that, where it's like, I'm really not trying to upset you or be hurtful. These are all the literal things I would do, by the way, with like the, the gentle touching and stuff. I know you would meet it with compassion. Yeah. And you would help me get through it. And that's the thing, like, do you want to get over it? Because that's important, like, going back to what you were saying. It's, really great it's like, if I really do want to get over this one thing, but I just can't forgive you, it's like, then help me. How do we come together as a team? Because that's the thing, when you're in a partnership, we just see every pro- every problem, whether it's something that I can't get over, whether it's something that's bothering you, it's a joint effort. It's not like, all right, you go figure it out, then you come back to me, and then we'll, we'll, get, we'll get back to being okay. No, it's like, oh, you can't get over this? How do we do it as a team? It makes you just feel like you've got a teammate, right? And that's what we're always like. Like, I just feel like even, 
if I'm being petty, even if I'm, I can't let go of something, even if this is bothering me, it's, I, I'm not doing it alone, but I have to articulate that to you. And I have to be honest about how petty I'm being. So it's like, I'm, baby, I'm feeling like you said, I, I can't get over this. I don't know why. Um, it really bothers me, like actually just stung when you said that. And so it triggered this and made me remember that time that I just can't get over, like why? And so we'll talk about it versus it's now something I have to deal with. And you're like, here she goes again. She can't forgive something. How many times do we have to, you know, talk about it? She can't let go. It's like, no, it's a problem together. Word. All right. Love it. It's great. Right. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on this Labor Day edition yeah. of Relationship Theory. If it added value, please do share it. That's how we grow this community. Uh, yeah, and that's it. I hope you guys are having an amazing weekend with your family and friends. Go out, enjoy yourselves, love one another. All right, guys. <laughs> until uh, This is a weekly show, by the way. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.